Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. Through Christ Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Sooner or later in every church, the who questions start coming out. You've heard them all. You may have even asked a few. You come into the church and you go to open the fellowship hall door at nine in the morning and it wasn't locked. And then you go inside and the lights are still on. And after looking around for a while and determining that nothing's been stolen and everything is okay, you begin to make the rounds in the church. Who left the lights on in the fellowship hall last night? Who left the lights on in the fellowship hall? Who left the lights on? Who took the roasting pans out of the kitchen and didn't return them? Who borrowed the microphone from the sound room and didn't bring it back? Who told the youth director that she could take the youth group bowling on Christmas Eve of all times? Really happened once, actually. Um, who did? Who did? Who did? Who did? Who questions are deadly for churches? They are deadly for churches. Because the minute the who question is out of a person's mouth, it has set those two people apart from one another. Someone has assumed the responsibility for what goes on around the church. And by asking who has immediately created a rift and put someone else on the defensive. We're trying to implement a rule here at FUMCO in which we simply will not answer who questions. And I'm taking as my scriptural model for that the Lord Jesus himself. He made a triumphal entry into Jerusalem and while a few of the temple officials were kind of perturbed, he continued to amass large crowds who had been hearing about his reputation and the miracles and all of the things that he had done. And they were flocking to see him, some out of curiosity, but some out of the hope that he may in fact be the promised one of Israel, the Messiah, who would deliver them. And then the temple officials came to him. And with that stern parental kind of voice said, on whose authority are you doing all these things in God's house? Now, when you hear somebody ask a who question, they're going to say, who said you could do this to God's house? But what they're really saying is, who told you you could do this in my house? This is our house around here, Jesus. Look, if you want to do an apprenticeship and live here for about 15 or 20 years and study under one of the other priests, we might one day give you some authority around here. But for now, who told you you could? Have you ever heard a who question? Have you ever asked a who question? We all do it. They're deadly. Jesus did what we should all do with who questions. He just stepped to the side and let it sail right on by like a pitch in the dirt. If you swing at it, you're only going to be out. If you foul it off, you only delay the inevitable. Just let it go by. Let it go by. It's a, it's a message from the enemy trying to tear us limb from limb. Instead, Jesus said, now I'm going to ask you a question. 
by whose authority did John the Baptist do what he was doing? Was it from God or was he just a guy doing his thing? This put the authorities at the temple in real peril because John the Baptist was one of the most popular preachers in Jesus' day and after he was martyred, he was even more popular. So they said, if we tell this crowd (laughs) that John the Baptist was not sent from God, they're going to murder us. But if we say that he was from God, well, then we've just given Jesus an open door to do what he's doing. And so they told him, we can't answer your question. And Jesus said, bingo. We don't ask and answer who questions. We find out what's going on. And then we fix it if it's broken. And then we build it if it's never been built before. We fill it if it's a need that has gone unmet. We heal it if it's hurting. We forgive it if it has transgressed. We repair it if it is broken. That's what we do. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's a giant reclamation project that takes the broken wreckage of our lives and puts it back together again. And if in the process of doing that we're saying, now on whose authority, who said, who did, who what, we're just tearing ourselves apart. Let's forget who for a minute. Find out what needs doing and get it done. And to drive the point home, he told a story about two sons. Father said, I need you to go into the vineyard and work. And one was so respectful. He was so so honorable. He said, Dad, I'm going to do whatever you want. You know I love you, Dad. I'm going to do it. And then he went out and he spent the day playing Sega Genesis or, or PlayStation with his friends. But at least he respected his father. But the first son, on the other hand, said, Dad, I don't have any time for your vineyard. I can't wait till I'm grown and I can get out of here anyway. I'm not going. Later on, he thought about the look on his dad's face while he said that to him, and he felt a sense of internal misery. And he thought of all the things that his father had done for him over the years, and he went into the vineyard and he got the job done. And Jesus said, now which of these two sons honored his father? I had a colleague in Northridge who was doing a Bible study with some Laotian refugees. And when they got to this part of the Bible study, they were learning all they could about Jesus. And when they got to this particular story and they said the one who went out in the vineyard and worked, the the scripture says, did the will of his father, they said, no, 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 no. In our culture, you never, ever, ever disrespect your father in public, no matter what you intend to do. Lie to his face if you have to, but never disrespect him. And my colleague said, no, no, that's not, no, it's what you do. And they said, no, no, it's the respect. And finally they stood up and they said, you and Jesus are wrong, and they left. And he he never saw them again. So I am keenly aware on this World Communion Sunday that there are cultural distinctions that need to be made sometimes. But the one thing that we cannot avoid is that the greatest path to peace is to do the will of our Heavenly Father. So we're going to be a church that is steering clear of who questions. We're just not going to ask them who did, who said, On whose authority can you? Those are not our questions. Our question is, Lord, what would you have me do? Between now and a week when I'm back here again, what would you have me do? 
how can I do it? How can I serve you? How can I show the world your love? Today, it turns out, we don't have to take the drawers out of our dresser, (laughs) and we don't have to clean up our room. Today, what we need to do is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to come to his table. And in a world that is torn by war and broken by natural disasters, what we are called to do is show the world what it looks like when Christ's body comes together all over the world. The only person of consequence about whom we can ask who is Jesus himself. All the rest of us, we're in this together. Let's keep it that way. Amen? Amen.